know, I, I think just interesting interpersonal connections on in sports, uh, how important as outsiders, we're very critical sometimes of that player isn't that good. It's not that Rogers, musicians. It's not that good. Trauma. Why is he not that good? Well, it's funny. Nobody talks. But see, it's, maybe it's a secret sauce or maybe they think it'll bore people. But nobody talks about it. Nobody sits there and says, you know, let's talk about Dennis Rodman. Let's talk about the at a, at a press conference. Hey, everybody, I know you want to ask all these millions of questions. Why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? But let's talk about But it, it would be a fascinating insight. I mean, is that reserved for a private interview or something? like? But, but, here's, but here's Phil here's Jackson. Phil. Oh, what? How many years ago did I say this? Like 20 years ago. Speaking at this church in downtown Chicago. And one of the first things he opens with, do you know who the most important player on the team was? Right. And he comes up and everyone's like, George, you know, Jordan, Pippen, Dennis Rodman. And the first reaction was, and you used the word earlier when we were speaking about this, the goofball, and he was the one that broke the tension in practice between Pippen and Jordan. So with, and Jackson said very openly and candidly, without Rodman, there is that team doesn't exist because they were at each other's throats. Pippen wants the ball. He wants the big stats. He wants the shots. One of my biggest regrets is not going to the summer camp at the at the college I started out going to because they used to show up every summer, and the no. Lamb- the Lamborghini and the Ferrari no. and all this all this stuff would show up and it'd be in the street, and you're like, what the hell is that? Like, how does this belong in this street? You know what I mean? And it was like a series of these cars. There were like four of them or five of them. And I regret not going in there because they had a summer camp every year. And I, I don't know why. I just. I Who just, wants that? <laughs> well, <laughs> so, no, I was I didn't play basketball. Right. So, so I wasn't. Hold it. it didn't hold the same kind of. Meaning, yeah, right? I did. I, even though obviously it was. Uh, well, maybe not obviously, but I was a fan. But, you know, this, this, I don't want to lose this. But the, so the, the question for today is now what? The question for today is now what? Now what? Now what? Okay. I can remember that. So yesterday I was on a court and my kids were playing match and there was a young woman next to us who was playing with a pro that I know and he was hitting full on with her but wasn't just hitting he was serving at her it was a it was like a match but they didn't score and so I walked up to the guy afterwards and and the parents were sitting there um the mom and the dad and they were sitting on the bench and they were watching and um I walked up to the coach later and I was like hey what's the deal with her you know what I mean? Which she, what, you know, it seemed like something was going on. He goes, Oh, I, he goes, I used to coach her, um, downstate. She got a scholarship and she actually won a state championship. Um, and I don't want to go into too much detail here cause she's not giving permission for any of this, but he, he was like, he's like, yeah, she's pretty good. And parents, you know, and, and the whole thing. And he, he laid out some other facts and I was like, and then I was like, Oh, cool. I go, Yeah. I go, well, you know, I said, oh, I didn't know that school gave full rides. And I didn't know. And I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you should check it out. And I said, yeah, maybe I will someday. And then I thought to myself as I was walking away, and he's a great guy. I really like him. But I was like, now what? I mean, it just occurred to me. I was like, you know, because I spend time teaching my kids tennis and working with them. And it occurred to me, I was like, now what? And what I mean by that, I keep saying that people are going to be like, what do you mean, dude? Just stop. Well, the, the one thought I thought was I had empathy for this young woman. Cause I was like, now what? She's a senior 
and she's up here with her. She was work. She worked with this guy, but she clearly worked with a coach at the school. And all I could feel feel was, you know, that because I was like, maybe there is, <laughs> maybe there is a plan. I don't know, but the thought that occurred to me, and I wrote it down. I was like, you know. Is there a transition plan or program? Maybe there is, and I just don't know it, but like for college tennis players or people who want it, there's, you know, so does the eight, is the ATP, have they created something or the WTA for her women's tennis association? Have they created something where it's like, Hey, you know, you're doing pretty well and you got your scholarship here. And so, uh, you know, you might have a chance at going pro or you might want to think about going pro and here's, here's some things that you should think about. And, um, and here's what you should do. And here's, we've got a program that's out here in somewhere other part of the country or, you know, what, whatever go to the, you know, and, and I just thought now what for this young woman, if she really, who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm watching her from afar. I'm like, ah, she's pretty good. I go, eh, she should have gotten that. She should have gotten this, but everybody has off days and it's, it's a practice session and it's not really under match conditions per se. And so, you know, what do I know? And it just, the thought that occurred to me was, I was like, you know, I had a whole bunch of questions that popped up, including the now what, but it was like, you know, how will, um, how will they know whether they should turn pro or not? How will their parents know? Should they advise them? Is there a college coach that is sort of advising them and guiding them? Help? What criteria should they use? Like, okay, you know, your forehand's pretty good. So is your backhand. Service uh, needs a little bit of work. But boy, you could go out in the pro tour. I don't know. Is it that simple? I don't know. Who can, And who can help them? And if we don't have teams, like, you know, what happens in college, uh, for especially for like basketball and football and baseball, is they see some guy play, the team comes out, maybe the guy goes to, to AAA or whatever he goes to minor baseball. I don't know the recruiting process for that, but I do know because I read Calipari's book for University of Kentucky uh, basketball, they recruit in the first year or two years in college. So some kid comes into college and the NBA people are looking at that kid year one. And the year by year two, a lot of times he use, he loses guys by year two. Sometimes it's year three and sometimes it's year four, but he loses guys at year two, <laughs> year two in college. Right. And I don't think it happens exactly like that in football, but I was like, clearly the NBA has a plan here and the teams have a plan. Hold on. Rewind that for a second. Yeah. Can you imagine you're a college basketball coach and. You're like, oh, this is the team, March Madness. I could see, it, oh, I could yeah. see it coming, and coach, I just got recruited. No, no, not right. now. Right. No. <laughs> like, but coach, it's my shot. This is it. You're like, well, I just need one more year. It's well, and not year. just that, he's got incredible pressure coming down from the university to produce a winning team, and then a lot of these guys know their hot stuff coming in, and so they got kind of a chip, you know, and he's got oh, a, he's got to modify that for the team. To, to make everybody a cohesive unit and but which is why college is the farm league the minors for the pros right this uh, is uh, oh go which pros the tennis pros no right. why not and that, so that I'm Again, not, no I, and I know I'm with you on this because it's an individual sport that's okay it. so if it's right. an individual sport that's it. I I because there's no team you're right so you have a team mm -hmm. that makes a lot of money and it needs a it needs a filtering process but doesn't well then couldn't we make an analogy here i know it's not a perfect analogy but couldn't we make an analogy that the atp and the wta are the teams they're two big teams but they're teams and those teams should be actively 
looking, helping, and getting involved at some level with helping people transition, make decisions. Do you know what I mean? Like, to me, I mean, if, if it, cause I, my heart went out to this young woman because I was like, she's probably got a massive question mark going on in her head, walking around with it all day. Like, what should I do now? Am I really like, I love my sport. I play really well. Maybe I don't play well enough for pro. I don't know. Do I just hang my hat out there and go? Um, or do I just take that marketing job somewhere? Or do I just take that, you know, that office job somewhere? And it's like, geez, that's, a, that's a, huge dilemma that's a huge dilemma yeah it's weird it's almost like there's this philosophy because she spent all those years doing this and now can, can, can i i'm regurgitating how i'm processing it it's almost like being a tennis pro with a class and you have five good players who are about the same and one's just that's just like two or notches below and based on their personality and how they are, you can just tell they're never going to get better, and they're just going to lose a lot. They're going to, and pretty much they're going to have to. They won't leave, so <laughs> they won't get the hints that they don't belong there in the beginning. But then over time, now wait, oh, why? Why is that? Is that because of you can just tell their physical mechanics are not there, or is it just? I'm talking about. There's a combination of like personality how they are as biomechanically, they're just not... Oh, okay. They're not self-aware. Right. And, and so eventually, they just disappear. Like, there's students that I know that are into tennis. And then there are students that are just kind of there, signed up for it. And right. then eventually, they'll self-cut. Right? So you really don't need to say it. Someone's like, this kid doesn't belong in the class. Give it three weeks, he'll be out of it. Don't worry about it. Right, because he's outnumbered or she's outnumbered by the other five or six or seven or ten. Eventually, they're going to have a bad experience, but then they'll say things like, "Well, I didn't like tennis," but really, you didn't like because you got killed every time, and you're not self-aware enough to get yourself. I know that sounds harsh, but that's kind of the reality of it. You're not versus if I walked into a situation with you know, high level D three players, I'm going to lose. So I wouldn't stick around to get my butt hit. Cause the other thing is I'm ruining it for them. I'm not a challenge at all. So why so, would, but are you making the analogy that I don't understand the analogy? So the analogy is, I think with this is it comes down to stats and eventually you're going to self drop out. So if you really are going to go pro or you really want to play in a really super high level of a, you know, college D one, and I think guys are pretty, or women are pretty aware at that level of, yeah, I can't break through that ceiling. I, it, I'm not that good. There's that jump between college to pro or to the satellite tour is very, it's a, it's a big leap to do that, which is why the, the, satellite, the satellite is the way you kind of build your chops on that to be out there on these these tournaments, these local tournaments, these smaller ones, and then if you can start getting some some groundswell from that and get your 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 pro head in, uh, game on your head, shoulders, then I think people start seeing you. Unless you're really doing something at the junior level where you're just just dot like Donald Young was, where you just dominate the junior level, but you can't, you just can't seem to 
so then you get tapped younger. But I think it really is, it's a self-cutting sport versus where in high school you have counselors that say, right, so let's look at your schedule. There, there's someone there to help you, right? And you have on these bigger teams, it's sports levels. It's, you know, you're just, you're just not cut out for that. Like the coach has that conversation with you. You're not good enough for that team. Right. So when you add a team aspect to it, I think there's there's something about that that allows some. So, but couldn't the WTA or the ATP step in and do that? Do I why, think that why get... why let someone go through the agony of like, okay, I'm not really sure what to do. I played at a high level. I won a championship one year. I'm not dominating, but I'm gonna think I'm gonna go out on the satellites. Although I'm not really sure what will happen, so I'm gonna spend my parents' money. Or I'm gonna right. say, no, I, I no, no, I agree I, with you. How I'm you, sorry. I, I just think that how, this how do you is navigate that crappy? No, no I, I agree with you, and I, I and I don't know a lot about it because it's not my yeah. you know, wheelhouse, but having a tennis counselor but i think that's what the club is and we're going to come back to the fantasy facility that's the role of the coach and that's the role of the club that's how i think they look at it but i don't know if they're equipped for that because i think that what you just said or hinted at was that there's a whole series of things it's not just yeah you're a pretty good player well i don't know you can give it a try <laughs> you know what i mean like to me you have to sit there and say look you have to roll out like, uh, well, this is a pretty serious commitment. If you're going to do this and you're going to go out in the satellites, you can expect to spend on travel expenses and all this other stuff. You can expect to spend, I don't know, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 on satellite expenses, just getting to places and, and, and paying for hotels or whatever. And, and you know what I mean? Like where are you going to come up with that money? And is the WTA going to finance that? Or is the ATP going to finance that? Like, or stipend that? Give a grant to that? Or, I mean, to me, that's where it's also missing. Like, okay, we think you're good enough. We think that you should go out on the satellite tour. Based on your rankings or whatever, we're willing to give you a scholarship, an ATP or WTA scholarship for, you know, one year out on the satellite tour to see how you do. They don't have to go three years. They could go one year. Let's see how you do. And then it could get re-upped where you could get a stipend. It doesn't have to be a full match. So people still have skin in the game. So not here's $50,000 go crazy. Although I know USTA has done that to some degree for, for people. But I, I, I just think to myself, this is where we're not thinking about tennis itself and the future of tennis and the growth. We're all thinking about our individual problems and things but we're not thinking about tennis right because here you have a girl or she's a woman now but she's a girl who spent probably countless hours and years invested in tennis the love for tennis is still there it's there what are we doing like tennis should love her back right and there has to be something that loves her back that's like not saying oh you get a gold star and you're so good you get to go i'm not saying that i'm saying that you know, recognize what you have here and don't throw it away. You have somebody who's invested years and countless hours into this sport. And now they're going to get from you and your organization. And it's like, wait a second. I mean, we're not, that's not nurturing. That's not now in Canada, they nurture, right? So they, 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 they've got a little federation and they do their thing. And they, I mean, that's where Jeannie Bouchard came from. I mean, you have all these people that are coming from other countries they're coming from Croatia and they're coming from Poland and they go into Canada 
And then Canada, they get selected in the Canadian Federation system and then Canada supports them and they support them out on tour. And Canada is like, yeah, you know, and we got a team. And when it does come to the, like the Davis cup and things like that, obviously that's, there's, that's a super point of pride for Canada. Um, but I just think we're failing. Cause I it's, just think, uh, Colin, you, but I'm just gonna cut it for a second. I'm just trying to clarify here. That's why I'm cutting yeah. you off. The way you just said that, uh, uh-huh. makes me feel like every player that's gone through the Canadian system is on team Canada. All right. Versus I'm an American. There's well, there, then we should have team America. Right. Well, but isn't that the labor cup, right? And that's that when you, when you think of in those terms, right? So we, we, we should do tennis like the Olympics. Yeah. In a weird way, right? We're on team USA, but I'm a loser and you're a figure skater, but we're on the same team. And there's this feeling of, of pride. Well, it's so funny because but we don't, we don't do it that way. I don't know where the ATP or the WTA or USTA's heads are at because it's like along comes world team tennis, WTT. And that only plays for like a month and a half in the summer. That's and, that, and that's all created by uh, Billie Jean King. Oh, is it? I don't. She's, I don't. she's been an advocate for team tennis since I would go the eighties, the late seventies, early eighties. So, so look at this. It's like I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it's in the early. We're going to stand by. You guys are going to stand by. Your big organizations are going to stand by and let this other organization come in and try to create this thing. And I think they're misunderstanding. They're like, oh, that's a road show. Okay, but you know, Vasek Pospisil actually quit he was a canadian player i think he's polish but he's a canadian player off the canadian federation he actually quit the atp players council because and he's going off with Djokovic to form this other thing i think this other organization and anyway the point is is i don't know all the and i don't want to speak to it because people throw tomatoes but to me it seems like people are fed up and they're like and that's a compensation thing with those guys and that's a different that's a different beast. But the, to me, I go back to this young woman and my heart goes out to her. Cause I'm like, now what? Like, I don't, she, to me, I, I look at her and I think to myself, she's got no help. Her parents are sitting there talking to a coach she had when she was, you know, 14 <laughs> and they're playing. She, he's playing with her. He's talking with them. But I mean, he's not going to sit there and say, yeah, definitely go out pro. Cause what if she goes out and pro and falls on her face? He's not going to also say, yeah, you should quit and go take the office job. He's not going to say either of those things. Right. Because that puts him in an uncomfortable position and he likes her and he wants to do right by her. And he doesn't know completely. She, I mean, she took lessons from him. She, he doesn't know her like, you know, his own kid. And so I just think as I looked at her, I was like, now what? Like, boy, this is a real dilemma for her. She's committed all these years to tennis. And then she got a scholarship. Some people would be like, hey, look, that's it. Dust it off. She got her scholarship. Hey, man, she got a full ride. What's the big deal? She got now she can go do whatever she wants to do. Well, yes. Okay. <clears throat> but let's think about tennis. Like she's an American. She's an American player. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? We should, there should be somebody who she can go to. They, they don't need to follow her around the country and figure out what she is, but there should be somebody she can go to someplace she can get evaluated and they can say, look, based on you play these matches, you train, we see what your athletic shape is like. And they give her a rating score. And they say, listen, on your rating score, one to 10, one being no way, 10 being 
you should really go out on tour. You're a six or seven. You could get to 10, but your athletics need to improve based on, you know, we did your max VO2 testing on the treadmill and we've done your court testing over here and we've done some of your psychological profiling. Like we've done some tests and, you know, under pressure and we've had the coaches evaluate you under pressure. And it seems like you're still, that's okay. That's normal, but you're still having some real emotional issues around losing. And, you know, we've, we've done these evaluations and we really think that you could, you show the signs that you could go pro, but you're going to need to shore up these things. And we can kind of help you with that. I mean, they don't have to be like, you know, here's everything, here's how you become one. But they also at the same time could be helpful and say, here are the things we see. And if you want to do this, I don't think she's in that category of she's never going to make it. I think that she's she could be like a top 300 or 200 player and some people would argue well that just throws everything off so i might as well just self-delect her out and only the top people go in and kill i don't know yeah but you don't know how people suss out on tour too right there are a lot of people that get out there and flame out and people that well it's tough you're alone and you're right and that and that internal the tenacity that somebody may have or that they're, they're metal. Like you have to test your metal. So someone that seems like they don't have it and all of a sudden just blossoms out there, you, you, you can't make that but call. It's hard to blossom when you see all these pros that have that, that, that make millions of dollars a year and they have an entourage with them. Well, of course. And you're like, well, wait a second. If they're so, if they're so good, why do they need all these people around them? Right. You'd think it would be the opposite. The people at the lower level, while you're on your way up, you need an entourage. You need an entourage, baby. You need that entourage to like nurture you and be like, it's okay, it's okay, it's just another, it's no big deal. And then on your way up, when you're up there, it's like, hey man, you're number one. You should be, a, it's you and that box, gladiator. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not at all. It's like, these guys have a blanket and a safety well, You're, you're right, the, the experts should not have the entourage. The expert should be. I mean, okay. they could have a coach, but I'm saying no, I like get that. It makes the sense. girlfriend, the boyfriend, the friends, friends, the friends, friends of friends, the uncles, <laughs> the aunts, the the the, <laughs> the weird grandma. I mean, they're all there. They're all there, and you're number one, two, or three. You, you, you know what it is? This is great. I'm gonna go with it. Ready? Go with the others. When you first start and your parents are so hopeful for you, they're carrying your bag for you. <laughs> it's right to all the determined. Oh, oh, listen, Bobby, I'll carry your bag for you. He's yeah. got a big match this weekend. Then they go on the satellite tour and Bobby's by himself. <laughs> he's carrying his own bag. He's eating cans of beans. He's sleeping in his car. Then he makes it. He's number one in the world. And oh, little Bobby, let me carry your bag again. And I've got all my mommies and daddies back helping me out. It's weird. No, it's a good point. You'd think that Federer should be walking around completely by himself, smoking a cigarette and drinking a cognac. Like, I'm ready to play some <laughs> that tennis. Was that was Saffron. That was Saffron. <laughs> Saffron. That was Saffron. Yeah, but, you get the wrong guy. Yeah, but you know who's like that? Federer would be walking around with, like, headphones listening to metal. Just <laughs> yeah. himself. Yeah. Well, that's also a guy on Malfi's. Right. Same thing, right? He's right. got his, well, also he's nuts. No one wants to work with him. He has no friends. No one wants to work with him. But, but, isn't that, but that's a really good point. But... Is it that way because you really do need to sure up yourself on your own to really toughen up out there to be so to be in the desert, the tennis desert? Do you by know yourself? why? Do you know why I think it's because it's me. because trying to win three million dollars and keep an endorsement is so much harder than being on the satellite tour playing for ten grand. 
Come on, man. Yeah, That's a bunch of bull. And yeah, so where's right. the ATP and where's the WTA with this crapola? And then everybody is decrying the fact that we don't have American champions. We're starving them. We're starving everybody. And I'm not just saying for money. This is not some socialist ploy. I'm saying we're starving these right, you're people. Ta you're taking away the, the nutritional tools to help them become successful. Yeah. You're, you're putting them in the worst case scenario and saying, here, go blossom. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. While the guys that are at the top have already have the help, and then there's people from other countries that are getting that nutrition, that they are getting that help that allows them to blossom. We're doing something wrong here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know you're not a big uh, fan of um, who's the Scott and his and his mom. I've, I've, uh, oh, oh, Mumsy, Andy <laughs> yeah, Murray, Andy Murray. Oh, Mumsy, can you carry my bed? I know you, but, but listen, he he she has been the number one person in his corner for a long. I, I think they're dating, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, they might be married. Okay, but I, I actually read Judy's book. I, I like her. Uh, I think she's got real moxie. And, uh, you know, and, and I actually like watching Andy's rants on the court because they're so, they're so, you know, they're so passionate. Let's put it that way. As Jim Courier would say, there's a lot of passion there. So does it also mean like a tirade or a tantrum? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, a, it's a toddler tantrum. As Jim Cur yeah, it's, yeah. there's a lot of passion there. Yeah. So, thanks, Jim, <laughs> thanks Jim for sort of helping him out. <laughs> Well, he's being realistic. He can't, he's not going to go off and, you know, but, but we're, I, I really want to, I, I want to stick with this because this, you know, and so what would mm -hmm. I just, what does she say? What did she say in her book? I'm curious. Well, what was some, what was some takeaways from, from Judy, Jody, Jody, Jody. No, it was hard. I mean, she was, she was raising him and, and working at the, she was driving a van and every day just trying to make it happen, you know, and she loved tennis and she wanted to share tennis with him and she shared tennis with both of her boys. And she has a picture in her book cover or whatever it is with both boys. And, um, she's a strong woman and she's smart and she's still advocating for, she's still advocating for UK tennis and especially Scott tennis, Scottish tennis, yeah. because, you know, Scotland doesn't have the most opportune weather. <laughs> I mean, so, so she's advocating for more clubs and it's expensive to build and run clubs. We know this. So there wasn't like the big takeaways, except this woman clearly it's like Connors, mom, you know, was, but she's laying out what you've said in other episodes. She's laying out the family sacrifice that it takes to do this. Yeah. That she makes a lot of time that she has to really sacrifice herself for her boys to see if this is going to stick or not. I, I, yeah. I think the other thing that really, that really turned, I was really impressed with her was how she sought to get grants and build up tennis in Scotland. She, but you know, it wasn't just, I'm going to make a number one. It was, she was really into tennis and from her heart, she was always trying to get equipment and she did classes. She got, she was doing everything, oh, man. While the boys were growing up. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So she'd have a van. Oh, stop. Now, now, no, I'm she, no, now I'm liking her. She had a, no, no dude, she stop, had this woman. No. Well, I'm going to, she right. had a, this woman had a van and she got used equipment and she got whatever she could, and then she would pull together kids and try to show them tennis. I mean, come on. 
You know what I mean? So I, so, so she, I mean, clearly there's no investment by the Scottish government at that point, you know. But you know what she keeps answering? She's answering how you opened up this episode. Now what? Uh And she sounds like she's saying, I'm going to tell you what. Right. I'm propagating the sport of tennis locally. I'm pushing my boys. And I'm going to, and clearly there was, there was a move towards going pro. So she was constantly asking, now what? And then the answer is, this is what? This is what I'm going to do. Right. And again, around this thing that she loves and her, and it's also, which is really cool about this. I feel really bad now. I feel really bad. I think I love Mumsy. I'm going to read the book that. I think I got it at the dollar store. <laughs> can, I borrow, can I borrow it actually? Uh, can I borrow it? I, if I can find it. Yeah. Okay, if you can find it. Quite a but think of this though. Books. She was pushing tennis, not just for her boys, but for the sport and love of tennis. Mm. So she's not doing it. She's doing it for them. But at the same token, she's answered to herself. Yeah. Now what? Right. Now what is I am a teacher of tennis, a propagator of tennis. I am pushing this sport to everybody in my country that I, that I love this sport so much. And I think it's so valuable in people's lives. That's the now what? And I'm going to shape my life around that. So for me, she is, forget Andy. I like her alone, that kind of vision that she keeps doing it makes these sacrifices and does that she's answering the now what she created but but that doesn't and i i that's great right don't you think yes i do but the thing is is that this does not help the 20 something girl the 21 year 20 20 year 22 year old girl who's graduating has dedicated Come on, man. No, they need, she's, she needs a mumsy. She's dedicated. She needs a mumsy. She does. She's dedicated 15 years or more of her life, you know, 15 years at least of her life to the sport of tennis. And now the sport of tennis repays her by giving her nothing. You know, the other thing too. That's bull. The other thing too is even if you Wake up ATP, WTA. Sorry, I had to say that. That's fine. Well, what's the song by? It's a really good song. Oh, come on. Uh, wake up. You like this band? Wake up. Sully. Sully's a singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Godsmack. Godsmack. Mm. That's a really great... They're a good band. Yeah, they are. Godsmack's a good band. They are. So, check out Wake Up. That's a great song. For those of you tennis rockers who've never listened, it's kind of like a conversation at the nursing home where two... <laughs> People get distracted, but occasionally come up with some good ideas. All right, so go ahead. Sorry. That you don't have to even have your eye on going pro. Maybe you're a high level. You you know you're going to go into a college, a high D3 college, or but even a lower college level playing. But after that, there should be someone's like, you know, after you graduate, I, I know you're going to become an accountant, but you know, you could coach on the weekends. You'd be great. Right. You could... Do, you could be on, and there's lots of leagues everywhere. So everybody knows about the leagues, but you could coach. You could coach a league for adults. You could do this. Have you thought about becoming a high school coach part time? Have you thought about doing these things? Here are some other things you can do with this, and still stay involved, and still and, and because your intention with tennis. Well, we have talked about this also about people getting older, and then saying, "Well, I used to do that." 
Right. And I've we've we've deba- gone back and forth on this also about I was a big football player in high school and great. That's great. And now you're sitting eating beer nuts watching football all the time, but you're actually in poor health. Have you thought about maybe you'd be a great coach or an assistant coach or something else where you're not watching millionaires run around on a court how about you actually get out there and help younger people like mumsy get out there and actually move the sport instead of just watching it convince younger people why you love your sport so so this would be good because it'd be a feeder for the tennis clubs and and it would be a feeder because what it could do is it'd be like an evaluation program some people are going to sit there and say you know what i do love tennis but i'm done I'm done with playing for competition, but I still love tennis. Well, hey, you know, in the evaluation, right? This it'd be like a psych workup evaluation. It'd be like, well, hey, you know, um, it might be good. You might want to consider there are these clubs around the country that are looking for people. Like it would be like a registry and it'd be like, there are clubs around the country that are looking for people. And so we've profiled you off based off of this. And, you know, here's a list of the clubs that are looking for good tennis players that are coming from colleges that are, might be interested in coaching. And if you do, we have a transitional coaching book, almost like a halfway house for tennis players. We need, we need, that's what it's come to. No, it's come to a halfway house for, for no, tennis you've, you've players. Got a, you've, you've got a great, hit the Smarticles button, please. Just okay. let, let that go. All right, here we go. Again, you did it again. You hit the nail on the head, baby. If you have that at each club, or somebody actually looking that over and, and evaluating, it's there's <clears throat> so every summer I have to hire people, right, for camps, and player share. You have player shares with other clubs that now you have instead of having them have to sign up for a tournament to meet other people, you should be able to call a club and say, hey. You know, Bobby, there's, um, I'm going to call Sully over over at this club and see if he has identified any students that are on your trajectory. You guys could play on the side or for fun, meet each other and make a connection. Maybe you guys could practice together. And yes, I understand you're like 30 miles away, but this might be worth getting together midpoint, playing a match together. It doesn't have to be signed up. It doesn't have to be solely through these tournaments. And then there could also be, hey, Sully, uh, I, I got this camp. I need to hire three kids. Do you have any teenagers that are at this level that are looking for a summer job? Sure, let me see, because they're all driving now. So, yes, I do. And I need some kids that could be hitting partners for this other kid. And all of a sudden, we're now player sharing from club to club, and we're not in competition with each other. We're on the same page, but then we're all also sharing this information. Right. We're, we're really coming down to, and again, I'm not being funny, is having a mumsy. Like having having an organization or having a role in mm. every club or, or an umbrella organization that is keeping track of these players that are helping them answer the now what. What can I do with this other than play tennis? If, if, if that's the case, and I think it also, the great part about it is it also is kind of a stick, right? So for those, it's kind of like I tell my kids, I'm like, there's going to come a point at which we're going to have to make a decision here. And my kids are like, <gasps> what does that mean? And I'm like, well, I'm just being honest here with you. 
you know, after this investment, there's going to come a point where it's either going to be go time or it's going to be, no we need time. to go, we need to go, we need to go somewhere else. We need to do something else. We need to focus on our energies on something else. And my kids were like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to let you drift on a fantasy forever. Right. And, and somebody would say, well, that's perfect. You don't need a WTA or an ATP thing or blah, 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 blah. You're I'm different. Parents aren't going to do that for the most part. Parents aren't going to sit there and say, let me pop your bubble, Susie. <laughs> I know you've been working really hard for 12 years and you got it in a scholarship and well, maybe it's just, I mean, really, are you going to have that conversation? I got to tell you, yeah, I know you got the scholarship. I know you've been working your ass off, but, um, you know, that desk job is probably calling your name. They're not going to do that. They're going to let their daughter figure it out on her own because they don't want to be the one who bursts her bubble. They don't want to be the one who ruins the dream or whatever. And I'm not saying it has to be the dream ruining department over at the ATP or the WTA, but I mean, let's be honest. If you have that, I guess it could be the dream ruining, but it could also be like the stick where it's like for those players who might've been on the fence, like you had alluded to earlier about being good or maybe never, whatever they might be like, I don't want to go to the dream ruining department. I'm going to bust my ass here and I'm going to make this happen. I do not want to be in that dream ruining department. Right? Dream, dream crusher. Well, the, you know, and then for the other, it comes, you come to the evaluation and it's like, well, hey, you guys, you're kind of in this bin and then you're not made to feel bad about it. You're like, you know what? <clears throat> there's a whole bunch of other players that are in that situation. I'm going to go over there. And then there's other players that are kind of in the middle where you're not sure they could rise to the occasion. And that's probably a lot and then there's a few players at the very tippy top that are in the, you know, eight, nine, 10 category where it's like, you have a good chance of doing fairly well in the pros, at least what we see now, but you have to work on this, 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 and this, and this, and, and this is what you have to do. Right. And you know, it was, it was hilarious because I was watching this, uh, I was watching this, um, tennis channel thing and they were, it was, uh, it was a piece on, uh, Oh, what's his name? Taylor Fritz. And Paul Anacone was there working with him and it showed Taylor's day and it showed, you know, like Taylor gets up and he's got in his, his apartment. And I, I can't remember if he had a kid at the time, but he's, um, you know, he's making eggs and he's getting ready. And then he's driving into this training center in LA, the USTA training center. And then he's there. And some days he works with a personal trainer and he's playing tennis and he's doing all this stuff. And USTA has invested in him. I guess I'm assuming this is free. I don't know. They didn't say. Um, and then Paul Anacone is standing on the side and Paul's like, yeah, well, we're just sprinkling a little magic fairy dust. And I was like a little gold, a little gold dust or whatever. And Paul's great. I, I, I really like He's his hilarious. cook. He's very chill. He's hilarious. But, but I just thought to myself, when I think, when I reflect back on that now and I put it in context to this young woman, I'm like, where is this for this young woman? Like it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, she's out there and she's really good for the future of tennis. And it doesn't mean she has to be pro. Yeah, we could yeah, also have a feeder well, system. So this goes into the last episode we just had. Okay. Where you talked about the whole story, telling your student, your kid, the whole story of going down this rabbit hole of I I want to I really want to be good okay what does that mean the whole story of 
the work it takes to become that level of artistry and mastery. And then, so that's the whole story of getting good at the game. But then there's that, this is like, I think the next piece of that part of, okay, you've done all that. You've gotten really good at the game, but that doesn't mean you're at the pro player level to transition out. And I think that, and then in that episode, I had spoken about identity where you work so hard at something for so long that you say to your, you lose that, hey, I'm, I'm Sully. It really becomes, I play tennis. I'm a, I'm a tennis player, but you can't, but you kind of lose, you haven't worked on other aspects of your personality. So then when it doesn't work out, then the now what comes up of, wait a minute, I thought I was this. And now there's a personality crisis because there's nothing else there. You're not really sure what you are. And I would equate this with kids that work really hard through high school when they see colleges, that's where I need to, good college, good college, good college. Then they get to college and this this is it I, like there was this because you had no reference of college you in high school you don't know what college is you're not sure what it is you, you you just you go away that's cool your parents told you no this is like when you get into this college you're gonna get this amazing job four years later so you get to the college and it was good and then you come out and i have had kids reflect back to me or like, I'm not really sure why I worked that hard in high school. Um, this is pretty a lame payoff to now I have a pretty bland job that I make some money and, you ready? And now there's no what, because it can't be a now what, because they're looking at the next 40 years of their life of what's the next goal, unless you've self-made the goal, unless a life coach or someone has directed you somewhere. Well, colleges have always decried this. The pro that's the one of the biggest problems. That's another problem we have. We don't need to go down this hole, but you know, they're always like, We're not trade schools. We're not a trade school. Go to a trade school. You want to learn how to work on a car? Go. You want to do architecture? Go. You wanna you wanna do HVAC? Go. Plumbing? Go. Electric? Go. Carpentry? Go. We're not a trade school. We think higher thoughts. And Harvard goes as far as a Harvard grad doesn't look for a job. A Harvard grad invents their job. <laughs> and yeah, I think about that guy when I think about the Harvard grad who was waiting on me at the Mercedes dealer with his Harvard. And I said, did you go to Harvard? And he's like, yes, I did. I was like, oh. yet, yet my mechanic <laughs> who has to run diagnostic systems in my car and yeah. can take the whole thing apart. Right. I would add is way smarter than the Harvard grad. <laughs> well, and, and but hold on, you said something though. Oh, hold on. We're there. Boom. Hit. I want to go like, you're going to hit the yellow button in a second. Nope. No, don't do it yet. You ready? Oh. I don't know. I have never thought of this in 20 years of teaching. Uh, I'm a trade school. Yeah, you are. Coaches. You're a trade school. We're a trade school. And if yeah. we're a trade school, why don't we have the and the pro, let's say the pro tour or the satellite tour is college or the, the next, whatever it may be, you're, uh, what is it when you, when you work with somebody? Uh, and a you're, you're a, an apprentice. Oh, yeah. So that's your apprenticeship mm -hmm. on the satellite. And then it's like, let's transition. So if tennis is a trade school, 
then we need to do a better job on the local level of of doing this. Well, it's funny. It's a trade school, and yet it's not. Like you're, you're almost because you like, can't make any money at it. <laughs> right, right. But there's that for sure. You just spend a lot of money at it. But there's this curious thing where the you're not a trade school. You're a for the, at least for the colleges. You're a uh, you're not. A, I don't want to say a coaching system, but you're a, you're like. You're like triple A in the college. The way it's laying out now is like you're triple A or whatever you are, triple whatever. You're the farm team and the college is the pros. That's the way it's stacking up. Now, you guys are the farm team. Like, eh, you know what? If, if if they're good enough, you're good enough. And we'll pull you up. And you come up to the majors. You can play for us. D3, D1. You can play for us. You know, and it's like, okay. That's great, but now what do we do with the player? <laughs> like, what yeah, are you but, doing? You're not gonna. You're not. Well, we're giving him a scholarship. Okay, you great. gave him a scholarship, but now this is a guy or a woman who has spent eons on tennis, and now you're just like, well, see you at the alumni parties, buddy, and the homecomings are gonna be awesome. You know what this is like. Bye. This is like playing a sport that has a shelf life. Nobody, I'll use lacrosse. I have a lot of women that I teach that have played lacrosse. And they all know that it has a shelf life because after college, that's about it. That is the pros for them. They right. get that. They understand that going in. At least now there's no. Is there an Olympic lacrosse? Probably. I'm guessing there is. I don't know. There should be. There should be. Uh, lacrosse is a great game. Yeah. I still don't understand it. There's so many rules. I can't even process it, but it's, I like to watch it. It's like, for me, it's like, it's like hockey. It's really cool. And it's just amazing how there's seasonal stick handling. The, yeah. It's it's insane, but they know that they can play some summer leagues when they, like when they graduate college, sure. but no, there's nobody 30, 35, 40 playing lacrosse. You don't see men's leagues of lacrosse. You and yet there's tennis players playing a lot of them <clears throat> yeah. or, or field hockey. Yeah. I don't see adult leagues of field hockey, at least here in the States. So these sports are sports that they're, and I guess if you're really good, you'd go on the Olympics, right? That would be it. Right. So I'm really great. I'm, I'm Olympic bound on this sport, but all these sports have shelf lives as far as your life goes and can be able to continually play it. There's no, full contact men's leagues at 50 for football. <laughs> We'd all end up in the hospital. Right. That, that doesn't work. Or, you know, there's always the flag football game at Thanksgiving where you play with the cousins but this is and not somebody the, throws their back out. Like, oh, right. Man. Right, but, but this is not the case with tennis because we do have professional tennis players, no, right? No, no, I get that. But what I'm trying to allude to is what you're saying of there is, there is an end and they, there's an understanding of, well, what's there now? What it's over. I'm going to move on with the rest of my life. That was my career. My career was I played lacrosse in high school and in college. And then when I graduated, okay, I'm done. And I can play for some summer league a little bit. And then that's it. Maybe I'll coach, which is great, but there's a clear, my career, this is my career and it ends. But isn't it funny? This, this to me is kind of weird the level that it takes to make the high school teams and the college teams takes 
a lot of dedication these days. It's not like, you know, snap, I'm going to sign up for the old uh, lacrosse team. <clears throat> I think I got a shot. Have you played much? Eh, I dabbled. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's none of that. Like, you're talking about people who have sweated it out and gutted it out. And there's all these high expectations. And that means money. And that means time was spent. And now you're just going to say to them, well, time to move on. Go sell cars. <laughs> like, I don't know. And that's their sports problem. That's not my, you know. But, but I don't know if that's a sports problem. I think that teaches you a lot of things. It, it does teach you teamwork. It does teach you work ethic. It teaches you a lot of things. And it allows somebody to see what goes into organization, running things, interpersonal connections. There's a lot of things that go into these big team sports. And as I say all these things, in our trade school, we really don't do those things. As a player, you're it's this weird balance because you don't really see that. I think a lot of kids take classes for, for granted. They don't, because they don't see the practices are private lessons or you have a hitting partner as you, as you become more of an elite player, but you don't see or have that organizational interpersonal, Hey, uh, I don't really want to do this, but the whole team is doing it. So, okay. Right. And there's all these, these other bolster, a team has, what the elite tennis players have a body of people propping them up that allows them to move through their systems. And there are clear markers as far as high school college. I have a shot and there is a progression. Our progression, we, we can lose players along the way because there aren't those markers, even though there's, yeah, you can sign up for tournaments we get that, and you have to have your score and your ranking, but to have somebody sit down with you and say, listen, you're 12 with your parents. This is what it's going to take. These are the steps, and we're going to check in every year, just every six months, every year, once a year. We're just going to check in with you and see how it's going. How many days a week you're practicing? Have you guys worked on some mental stuff? Okay, so here are the list of tournaments that are coming up. We recommend that you should sign up for these. This is how helping the parents navigate it. And then from there, they're playing in high school. Okay, you're, you're ranked now five in the state. You're doing great. So right now, the way you're moving to go, you could skip college and go pro if you did X, Y, and Z. Do you want to go to college? I really want to go to college. Great. Okay, so these this is the options right now and where you're at. Then from there, check in again. What what did you choose? Where well, you know, you said you wanted to skip college and go right to the just try to go pro, but the the work that you're doing is not you're about, you know, a year and a half, two years from here now. This doesn't seem like that that's on that trajectory. So this doesn't look good for you right now. That's not a that's not your now what. Your now what right now is based on what you're doing. You're just headed to the college. And now we're giving, so we're, that's what I'm saying, I'm putting these two things together. There's the, here's the whole story. And then the, the now what is keeps changing because of the work you're doing or not doing. You have your now what's or more. But then, the, but then there's a third part, which is okay. who is giving this feedback? That's the whole point of this episode. <clears throat> um, right now it's. 
sometimes it's the parents, sometimes it's the coach, sometimes it's there's not right. It's not structured. This is what you were saying. It's not a structured thing. Right. And because it's not structured, because there's not like some norms, there's some standards put in place. If there's no norms and there's no standards, then we're getting what we get, which is we, we just get people. Unfortunately, I think we're, we're putting, we're feeding people to the wolves. We get people who are confused. They don't know if they're good enough. They don't know what to do. I think pros, that's a very uncomfortable position to put pros in because they're, they're like, look, I don't, I rely on this for my income. I don't want to just tell this kid that he doesn't have a chance. Who am I? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a pro coach. I don't, I can't opine on that. You know, he's a decent player. He's won some matches. I don't know. And the parents are like, they're working or, you know, I mean, come on in the club, the club's like, look, we're running a business the college coach? I don't know. So one thing that I had the pleasure of doing, I went to when um, my dad was first got sick. He was living in Sarasota. And I went mm. to, I called up this guy that, I'm not going to say who it was, but he was super good. And he had a program for young adults that wanted to go pro. And I was curious about, so I volunteered. I said, can I, can I be there visiting my dad in Sarasota? Can I come and help out and observe? I want to see, right. I want to see, cause I was new to the, to the coaching. Right. And I want to see how different is what I'm doing to what they're doing. Right. And what's the different levels. And I spent a weekend doing that. And it was really helpful. It was really helpful as far as some things that I was doing was right on as far as like, well, I could be a a pro coach. And then some things were really off. And things that exorbitant amount of time spent on, he had clay courts and he had yarns like on stakes and colored yarn mapping out Shots. Angles and trajectories based on if the ball falls blue, it comes back red. Right. It was really, I mean, it was really cool. Right. But then also the amount of time spent in a four four to five hour day with the same 10 kids. Right. Adults, teenagers. That how much time was spent on talking, playing, breaking down. You, You know, it really was, there was a lot. And it was super helpful. It would be great if all coaches at all levels was in, in a regional area were invited or, and, and I would pay for it. Just give me like, maybe there's a discount or something where, hey, we're going to invite all coaches to see what a, a pro trainings. This is what it looks well, like. That to me, that, that, that to like, me, I don't the, know. I the don't USTA know. or the ATP or the WTA should be paying for that. They should be subsidizing okay. this guy to fly to a central location in each state. No, but I'm talking about the coaches. And then the coaches can drive to that location and he can conduct a three-day class, a seminar where he shows you, look, 
this is what how, we do it at the pro this level. This is what we do at the pro level yes. to train these people. If you've got kids, and this is not me trying to hustle business to get you to get your kids to come down to Florida. This is me telling you that if you want to do this here, I'm getting paid by the ATP, WTA, or USTA to tell you this is how you, this is my system for doing it. And the ATP, WTA, or USTA agrees that this is an acceptable system for trying to train a pro player. You know, I mean, the, 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 yeah, it, it just, this is not, this does not exist. And this needs to exist, especially when you have kids and they're kids and they're young adults who have given so much of what they've got to tennis and they truly love tennis. But how are we, how are we, as coaches, are we <clears throat> to speak intelligently and with confidence on guiding somebody? Right. If, if I don't know, I had to seek it out myself. I had to call people. <laughs> I had other people like, no, who are you? You teach a, what, a park district? You, I don't want you here. He was great. You know, so yes, I think there'll be, but even here's one too. How about just a series of videos that are just for coaches? Yeah. So this this, this analogy, I I I'm smitten with this analogy. It's one of my new analogies, and <laughs> one of my new analogies. Drum, we need a drum roll. Drum roll, right. please. So my new analogy is the flight simulator analogy, and I tell my kids, listen, the court is like a flight simulator. You know, a flight simulator that these airlines spend lots and lots, millions of dollars, and they put pilots in there, and they put them in this flight simulator so they can simulate flying, so they don't crash in the real thing and kill people and kill themselves. And I say, listen, the court is your flight simulator and you got to get in there every day and you're going to crash <laughs> and you're going to make mistakes. And this is what you do. And it just occurs to me that we don't really have that for pros. We don't have that. Like, okay, if you want to be, a, if you want to, if you want to do this, this is the flight simulator. So that's that guy coming up from Florida, going to each state or a bunch of guys. It doesn't have to be just that guy. It could be a bunch of guys. And it, why do we have to make it about commerce? You know, we don't have to make it about commerce, meaning like, well, is, is he promoting his book? Is he promoting his place? Is he? No, he's not. You know what he's doing? He's working for these organizations and he's coming up here and he's showing us this stuff and then we can see. And then, I mean, you're really, you're really helping people who are committed to tennis. It's not, you know, it's not about, you know, and I think there's, the other danger is I think that there's a lot of highly competitive people at the high levels of low level tennis that are like, they don't want this. <laughs> they don't want this at all because then it starts to level the playing field. And I think they like it just the way it is. You know what I mean? Where it's like, no, I like it competitive and I like it this way. And I'm, why are you helping all these people? I don't get it. I'm doing all the work and I forget. I'm saying that the field would be so much richer, but also more importantly, we'd grow the sport of tennis much more. We get it back to where it was because people would have a place to go. They'd know that this is the final, this is the final stop. Like your analogy with the whole college thing, right? It's like, okay, now what? You know, I really didn't have to work that hard to get into this college. And now that I got the piece of paper from this college, they're basically dumping me on the street. There's no halfway house. There's no way for me to transition. There's no nothing. Well, it's the same thing in tennis. Like, well, there'd be like, you know where it's going to go. Even if you went to college and you played college tennis, you go to this training facility and you spend a month there or a week there, whatever it is, and they evaluate you and they give you a score and they give you general feedback that's tangible and it's on paper. And then they tell you, listen, and there's going to be the seven, the eight, nine, tens. They're going to say, listen, we're going to invest in you. You know, we'll invest in your training here and all this other stuff. The, the, 
the the five six sevens they say look you got kind of a shot but a lot of stuff's going to have to improve for you to get to the eight nine ten level and we don't know we don't really give you we don't really give money for that but we'll give you the steps you need to take and if you want to come back in a year after you've put in some real serious work and get reevaluated we're happy to have you come back and we'll reevaluate. It's just part of the process. And the one, two, three, fours or one, two, three, four, fives, whatever they say, look, you're a good player, but based on our evaluation, it really doesn't seem like this is what you really want to do. And, or you don't really have the skill sets to get to that eight, nine, 10 level, but that's okay because we need people to be teaching and coaching and you can still stay involved in tennis. If that's your passion, if not, we totally understand, you know, we want you to stay a fan of tennis and play with your friends on the weekend or whatever, but you just, I'm saying like you give them this final place to go where they get evaluated and people would, well, who's going to do the evaluating? And this is, is this bias? And how is this, you know, I don't know. But the idea is to give place an answer to the question, now what? Because if we don't answer that question for these players, it seems to me patently unfair. Well, life is unfair. Deal with it. Well, I don't know. It just seems patently unfair to, to spend this much time and this much love and energy to something and have in your head. And some of these kids, their heart breaks, I'm sure, because they've played for a long time and maybe they haven't been as honest with themselves as they could. Maybe the coach hasn't been as honest or maybe the parents haven't been as honest. I get all that. But their heart breaks because suddenly it's like it's over. And that's really I think that's really hard. That's like the end of a relationship. Maybe that's the analogy. It's the end of a relationship. Maybe it's an end of a marriage or end of a whatever, you know, where it's like really hard, like, wow, this is over, huh? Yeah, this is over. But there's, right, can, can we stay friends? Can we stay friends? Well, in tennis, yeah, you can stay friends. Tennis friends. But I would argue that this is the antithesis. This is the, we, even though it's called tennis rockers, this is not rock and roll. Right. So rock and roll doesn't have a governing body. Rock and roll doesn't have a team. Rock and roll doesn't have anything. If you want to rock and roll or you want to do whatever you want to do, you get, you spend your own money, you get in there, you play, you write music or you, or you copy songs and you get a local, you got to hustle and get your own gig at the local bar and you got to, Yep, you got to bust your tail and you got to, and if you want to take it further, you got to put your own money in, pool your money and drive around a crappy van and get gigs locally and try to build your name and this isn't rock and roll right this is like and hope that you get a record deal this isn't rock and roll this is a more organized sport that has equipment and it has well, well, hold on. people is that, with economic investments and skin I, in the game yeah it, it's funny that you say because that's when you decide that oh i want to become a musician or a, an artist and make it right this quote unquote, yeah for a living you have to start running a business which argue. you're not equipped to do. <laughs> no, but you, fi you right. know, listen, I figured out very quickly how to do it. it yeah, really you was, do. People, yeah, again, so when I started, it was, I mean, it was six days a week, seven days a week, plus working multiple day jobs. It was constant, constant And contacts. it starts to erode your dream. Like, is this really what I you wanted to do? But you know what, though? It's self-cutting. Because once you yeah. realize, hey, there's nobody at the show... <laughs> Or I can't get any gigs. You have to hate, you have to hate taking a day job for the rest of your life more, more than 
than loving rock and roll. <laughs> or not, maybe that's not the right way. The but process gotta, of it. But, yeah. but the, there's a definite now what though, because, and we can wrap this up because I don't want to beat a dead horse and I, I don't want to make it about me, but this is how I process things and I reflect back on my life that, you know, we started playing and then we you get a regional following, you play some, you play some open mics, then you, then you get a, a few gigs at a local place and your friends show up a little bit and then the gigs get yeah. a little bit better and then, oh, it's House of Blues and then it's this and then you play for, maybe you open up for a band, you play some big summer fests. And you, but you can feel right. the groundswell. For Godsmack, they were playing in Boston and they like did their CD and they were playing everywhere and they got played on the radio. And then when they got played on the radio, that's when like locally, I don't, you when, know. When it, it, right, when more ears heard it, yeah. all of a sudden people grabbed onto it and that then brought them to the next level. But right. if that had never happened, <clears throat> they would have just lingered there and then they'd have to make a decision. Do I keep just playing at this level because I love to do it? Or is it like lacrosse or football where, well, <clears throat> I did that in my 20s and 30s and now I'm out. And, and there in rock and roll, it's the worst of both worlds because it's self-cutting, but it's a team sport. Because if you aren't playing as a oh, team when you're playing together it's horrible. and if and if somebody doesn't want to go along and really or pull their own weight and help it really is a drain on the other members because it's like, dude, you're not doing anything and we're, we're busting the equipment We're you're not doing anything. Well, I'm the singer. I don't care. <laughs> right. Like we're all here. Right. And so that's, that's the, so when we played for, we got to play CBGBs, which was awesome for a couple, uh, two or three record labels back in the, back in the day when I was younger and the now what, and that was my now what moment. Right. If we had gotten signed, that would have been going pro. Right. And then from there, that's, but that doesn't mean you're making money. That just means now, you, you, even though you got signed to a label, you're still on the satellite because you're not making any money yet. You're, they're just loaning you money. Or as Van Halen said, they got off tour and the manager said, hey, you're doing great. <laughs> I, I, but unfortunately... You owe us eight hundred thousand dollars. Yes, and they were like, "What?" Alex was like, "Wait a minute." So you mean to tell me that if I toured for two years, I'd owe you one point six million? <laughs> and they're like, "They're like, yeah, basically." And he's like, "What the?" F and yes. and they're just like, "How is this even happening?" I saw him playing to get into debt. But the idea, though, is that you're building your your, your fan base, right? You're building your <clears throat> yeah. team of people that like your music. Right. But we did not get signed by one of the majors. Right. And then the car ride the next week, everyone was like, now what? Right. Do we keep going? Well, when three labels pass on you, it's you're a pariah at that point. It's, wait, who passed on you? Oh, well, if they passed on you, I'm not going to take you up. You know, and then it just becomes this thing where you just kind of linger and then people quit. And then you have to make a decision. Did All you right. do it? Did you do it? I had to make a decision, right? The decision was, well, I like to create. So that's it. I, that, I just keep, I keep doing and that, it. And that's, that's the, fine. And that's, that is probably, and somebody will listen to this and say, well, yeah, well, that <clears throat> that's what makes tennis so much better because you can keep going. Just because you had a loss, you had three labels passed on you, you lose three matches, big deal. You keep going, and there it is. 
you can keep you can keep going. You don't have to just disappear or whatever. You can keep going. So there it is. Tennis is great. Yeah. Okay. But it it still doesn't it still doesn't really help because there are players. Arguably, there's probably players in the two three hundreds that are really good. That I mean, they're never gonna without the help. They just don't have it. They're never gonna make it further up. I mean, that's the whole point of McEnroe's facility. They did this facility on the East Coast because they're just it's like... Stat, it's Staten Island, isn't it? Yeah. On Staten Island? I love how you say Staten Island. Do I, do, do I say it? Staten Island. Staten Island. Staten Island. Long Island? Yeah. I'm from Long Island. So, <laughs> Which is one word, apparently. So, no, but he did this facility, whatever you think of Mac, and the thing is he had gotten tired of pitching the USTA and saying, look, we really should try to encourage these because we don't know where the next American player is going to come from. We really should try to encourage this whole thing. So he's trying to do it. And this is with his brother who was like the president of the USTA at one point, and they can't make it work. So it's like, we need to get our act together. And maybe it comes from business. Maybe it comes from like the manufacturers, like the US manufacturers, like Wilson, like to put some real pressure on these organizations to say, look, you need WTA, ATP, USTA, you need to get your act together and work on player development here because they could sell a lot more tennis equipment, a lot more tennis. Equipment. And you're not just talking player development. It's, it's the context of before and after what are your now what options, right? It may be to keep going because you have a lifetime sport. You have a sport where you could play until you're in your eighties, right? So that means you could be buying rackets. You could be buying shoes. You could be buying shirts and shorts and, and socks. You could be buying all that. And yet we're not nurturing that whole thing. We're not, we're not nurturing it. And so if you want to be a casual player, that's the whole point is to create some sort of system that these organizations that already exist, it wouldn't be that much. I can't imagine to hire some staff to hire a couple of people that do evaluations and create a training program. It doesn't, it's going to, going to take 50 people, you know what I mean? And to implement this and then you on your own dime, they don't have to pay for you to come to their facility. You, if you want to know, and you're serious, you should pay on your own dime and come to that one facility, wherever it is in, in each country. And you come to that facility and, and you, they will give you gratis free. They'll give you the evaluation for free and you're there a week. So you got to pay for the hotel. You got to pay for your travel and expenses and all that stuff. You come there, they evaluate you carefully for a week and they give, they come back with a report and then it's up to you. And it's kind of the stick for a player. Like, you know, I thought I was better than I am. Well, I went to college. I was a D three, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you want to do pro, this is what it's going to take. You're really like a six. You're like a six, seven. You're not in the eight, nine category, eight, nine, 10 category. And this is where you need to be. Or there's players who are like, you know, they're 18 and they're like, you know what? I want to try pro now. I can always go to college. I can go to college when I'm 30. Let me try pro now. Well, hold on before you do that. Let's go to this facility. Let's get evaluated. You know, you're kind of, you're kind of in the, the six, seven, you're not an eight, nine, 10, you know, and you got to do this to really do that. Okay. Well, that's what it's going to take. Like I got to work on these things and then we'll have what's known as deliberate practice right which we get into with the peak performance thing and then boom you you, you, you then from there that is totally on the player then the player can sit there and and either they put their energies into it and say listen I've committed all this time I'm going to do this or they can say you know what 
it's just too much and I'm just in a different phase of my life now and I want to go do something else. But at least they're operating with the information and they have the whole story. You get the whole story. You get the whole story. There you go. I rock my brain. Because you brought up that episode and I forgot about that. That is the whole story. Just rock my body. Hey, Tennis Rockers. Tennis Rockers, baby! (laughs) 